all our praise. You're worthy of our, our lives, that we would lay down our very lives, that we would be poured out like a drink offering. feel like you're just saying it's time to surrender. I think some of us, including myself, I'll include myself in this, we've given him parts of our lives. We, says, we say, Jesus, we love you and we trust in you. But he doesn't want just part of us. He actually asks that we would lay our entire lives down. never meant to hold on to this life. We're meant to have eternal life. Just as we were singing and just some of the scriptures that came to mind. Does anyone who loves his father and mother more than me, they're not, they're not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son and daughter more than me, not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16, 25, something very similar. It just says, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, must take up his cross, must follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find life. For what good is it you gain the whole world, and yet you forfeit your very soul. Lord, I thank you that you are teaching us, you're showing us, you're wooing us, you're drawing us. This is not a sadistic thing. It is actually, it's the very sustenance of life is when we realize what we have with you that our foundation, our life, every breath that we breathe, everything that we have comes from you. You've blessed us with so much. Even in, in America, I feel we're a nation that has been blessed. Yet we've taken those things and we tend to raise those things up above the knowledge of God, above who he is. Lord, we lay everything down at your feet right now. Lord, I pray that you would give us greater understanding. The very things that, that we fear in life, the very things that we're worried about in life is, are the very areas that we do not trust you. Our trust is not in you. We say we trust in you. We say we have our faith in you. But then we go throughout our days. And the things that we speak do not give you glory. That I pray for a conviction in our hearts. Not condemnation. It's your grace and your mercy that convicts us of the very things, that we would become holy as you are holy, that we would step into that place of holiness, that we would desire holiness, that we would be a, a drink offering, lives poured out, not for ourselves, 
Lord, may we get over ourselves. May we get beyond ourselves. May we stop worrying about ourselves. You say, seek your kingdom. Say, you say, seek your righteousness. Oh, God, we seek to be holy as you are holy. We desire that righteousness, that right standing with you. And that we would know your kingdom. Lord, remove all the stuff. I, I, it's been something that's week after week. I feel like it's just, it's a shedding. Like, it's like we come in, we get shaken up a little bit, and a few things fall off, and then we go out carrying what we can, what we try to restore of all of our own stuff <laughs> as we go out the door and try to hold on to it. And, and then we come in, and there's a little more shaking, and there's a little more maybe just that circumcision of the things of our heart that God begins to remove a few more things and then we go out and kind of try to hold on to everything else that we can. And Lord, I just, just say, have it all. Have it all. Have our lives. May we not be so caught up in ourselves that we miss the very thing that you're doing in our lives. May we not be so caught up in saying that I need my healing so that I can do the things for you. May we not be so caught up in I need th this job so that, I can, so that I can be a blessing to others. The only thing that we need, all that we need is Jesus. <laughs> he is our cornerstone. He is our foundation. He is our way. He is the truth. He is the life. And there is no one but him. He's the one that created all things. Jesus created all things. I'm just going to read this. I don't know where we're going. but we're... Through him. This is John 1, 3. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Nothing. In him is life. And that life, it's the light of men and women. It's the light of, it's our light. The light shines in the darkness. And the light, it actually overcomes the darkness. The problem is the darkness doesn't understand light. But our purpose in giving up everything we have is that we become like you. Is that we set our eyes on you, we behold you, and we're transformed into your likeness with ever-increasing glory, from glory to glory. But it only comes when we behold you. When we look at other things, we do not become like you. We become like the things. We conform to those things, and our lives actually become like those things we actually begin to worship the idols, the very things that you've created instead of you being the very creator. You say to set your eye, our eyes upon you. You're the author. You're the finisher of our faith. That faith is that complete trust. It's a dying to self. Faith requires death to self. It requires complete surrender and radical obedience. It's not partial obedience. You cannot call him Lord and Savior and not follow after him. You cannot be in a place of disobedience and call him Lord. But we do. And then there's his grace. And he says, turn, repent. Come to me. Draw close to me. 
I'll give you life. It says that if we continually walk in sin, we have no part of him. We cannot live with him. Doesn't mean that we don't falter. Doesn't mean that there's not mistakes that we make and, and his grace picks us up and strengthens us to walk in holiness, to be holy as he is holy. We don't have time to play games anymore. We don't have time to play with fire anymore. <laughs> we will get burned. Every day matters. Every day counts. Our days are limited. Our days are counted. I was talking to Christy about this yesterday. I just, if you look at last week, what kind of a kingdom impact did you have? What kind of a kingdom impact did you have yesterday? What about the day before? What, what are we doing that is seeking first the kingdom day in and day out? And are we doing it? This is not condemnation. Hopefully this is conviction because if we are not living our lives for him day in and day out, then what are we living our lives for? Who are, who are we living for? Are we conforming to the pattern of this world? Are we actually listening to the things of this world and allowing it to actually motivate what we do in life and the way we live each day? He says, die to yourself. He says, pick up your cross. He says, follow me. That doesn't mean once a week or, or when we get up in the morning for the first 30 minutes or for the first five minutes or whatever it is. It's a lifestyle. It's a focus on Him, moment by moment, breath by breath, day by day. We cannot afford to waste another moment of our lives conforming to this world, doing the things of this world. The time is now. The shift has to take place. If we truly believe this word, then it's time that we actually make the shift in our lives, that we lay it all down. Why is it so important that we have our 401ks? What are we living for? Why is it so important that we have money and success and all the things of this world? For what? The pleasures of this world are the very things that choke out the fruitfulness of life. If you're living for the things of this world, then you're not living for Him. There, there is no, well, I can do both. That's that place of, it's called double-minded. It's double-hearted. It's, it's a heart that loves the Lord and loves the world. In Revelation, he calls it lukewarm. Lukewarm, what does he do? He spits you out of his mouth. I would rather you're hot or cold. Pick a side. What are you going to live for? I pray that our hearts would be burning hot for him. That everything we do, Galatians 5, 6, this has been on my heart. Just It says that just read it. Uh, it says there's nothing, there's only, there's only, the only thing that counts. This is it. The only, the only thing that counts is faith. Faith in what? Faith in the cornerstone. Faith in our very foundation. Faith in Jesus. So this is it. Our, we are grounded in Him. If we're living in anything else, if, we're, if our foundation is on anything else, if it's, if, it's, if it's in our job, if it's in the things that we do, if it's in our talents, if it's in our giftings, if it's in the things that God has given us, then we've just created idols. If it's in worship, if it's in reading the Bible, 
if your faith is in reading the Bible, if it's in worshiping God, it's an idol. The only thing that counts is faith in Christ. It's only in Him. Everything comes out of that. Our life is a life of worship. We do get in the Word. We spend time with Him. But the foundation that we stand on, the rock that we stand on, has to be Him. It's not just the Scriptures. It's, it's, you can know the Scriptures, but who's the source of the Scriptures? Who, who's the very voice behind the Scriptures? Know Him. And you know Him. We know Him through the Scriptures. But know Him. Have a relationship with Him. The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew the Scriptures better than anyone. And they killed Jesus. So just knowing the Word, it's not going to do it. Even knowing all of these Scriptures, He'll say, I never knew you. <laughs> it's not about knowing His Word. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about allowing Him to actually have control of our lives, that we surrender everything to Him. So here it is. The only thing that counts is faith. It's the, it's the grounding foundation of everything is Christ. But then it says this. It doesn't stop just with like, well, I believe and I'm good. Everything's great. Expressing itself through love. So if we are truly captivated by him, surrendered to him, then our lives will actually be a poured out drink offering of love to those around us. Not just our friends, not just the ones that are kind to us. Jesus says this. He says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. You want to be a son and a daughter? There it is. Love your enemy. Love the ones that hate you. Love the ones that come against you. <laughs> Jesus says in John 13, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. When John heard this, he didn't have a full understanding of what that meant. Jesus was still alive at the time. He loved him, but he didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And I want you to hear this. In 1 John, so here's John writing, and he says, this is how we know what love is. It's Jesus Christ laying down his life for us. And our response is that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And I think sometimes we think our brothers are like our good friends, our best friends. It's your enemies. Your brother is your enemy. If anyone has material possession and sees another in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? This is where we say, oh, I love God. But then we go about our lives and, and we hate our brother. We hate, there's people that we come against. There's people that we speak against. God's pretty strong on that. Says the man who says, I know him, but he does not do what he commands, is a liar and the truth is not in him. He says, Whoever claims to live in Christ 
must actually live the way Jesus lived, which means die the way Jesus died. And that's not, I don't believe that's an actual death for everyone that way, but <laughs> it may be for some, uh, but that we would fully surrender our lives. It's not about us. It's all about Him. I want you to just hear these words. This is a something I was reading. This is in the, the harvest. It's uh, Rick Joyner, and he says this. He says, for new, nearly 2,000 years, the Lord has been working to prepare his church for this hour. Satan, likewise, <laughs> has been earnestly working to deceive and to sidetrack every purpose of God in the church. One of Satan's most effective strategies has been to get the church to worship the things of God in place of God. He has succeeded in getting the church to worship the church, to worship the Bible, to, to even worship, to worship in place of God himself. One of the most effective delusions has been to get us to devote our attention to who we are in Christ instead of who he is in us. This leads to the worshiping of ourselves, the creature, instead of the blessed creator. And then he clarifies, he says, of course, it is important that we know who we are in Christ, but that must never be exalted above who he is in us. I just see there's such wisdom in that, that it is not who we are in Christ as much as it is who Christ is in us. And that begins to shift everything, that he is the exalted one. But then as we, as we look to him, here's the cool part, is, is as we become like him, we actually imitate him. We become imitators of Christ, and God is glorified through our very lives. There's a, in Psalm 150, this is, I was just seeing this, the Lord was showing me this, and I had to confirm it with our Hebrew scholar, make sure I'm not off track here, but I'm good. Uh, But in Psalm 150, there's, there's a number of, of Hebrew words for praise. But here it's Hallel. And, uh, and Hallel, if you go to the very root of it, it, it actually means to, to shine or to, to boast about. And so I, I just saw this in a new way. And, and I believe this is like for our lives. This is the end. This is the very last psalm of all the 150 psalms that are written, and, and here's what it says, and I'm going to change it now. So instead of the word praise, I want to use the word reveal, because this is, I believe, this is our, what we're supposed to do with our lives. We praise Him, we glorify Him, we worship Him, but a lot of times we think that praise and worship is just, is just singing songs and, and looking at Him. Praise in, its, in worship, I believe, in one of its greatest forms is actually revealing God to the world. When the trees clap their hands and like, like there, is a, there is a beauty that we see in the mountains and these things. It's the revelation. It's revealing God's beauty. It's revealing God's glory. And we are to reveal his glory as we worship him with us everything that we are, with all that we have. So, so hear this in a, with a little different context. And there's a, uh, let me just see. Just to confirm this, there was a, the very first time Hallel is used, I gotta find it, but, uh, 
It's in somewhere in Genesis 12. You can look it up later. Uh, but it's basically when Abram and Sarah, they go and, and, it, and it says that, that they, they took Sarah and they praised him. They praised her to Pharaoh, which what basically what they did is they shined her or they boasted about her or they revealed her to Pharaoh. And then it says, and Pharaoh took her in uh, with him. Uh, that was not a good moment for Abram and, and Sarah. But that was the first time that that word praise was used, that, that word halal. So as we see it now in Psalm 150, reveal the Lord instead of praise the Lord. Reveal the Lord. Reveal him in his sanctuary. Reveal him in his mighty heavens. Reveal him for his acts of power. Reveal him for his surpassing greatness. Reveal him to those around you. Reveal him with the sounding of a trumpet. Reveal him with the harp and lyre. Reveal him with tambourine and with dancing. Reveal him with strings and flute. Reveal him with the clash of cymbals. Reveal him with the sound resounding cymbals. And then the very last words of the Psalms. Let everything that has breath reveal the Lord. This is our lives, I believe, laid down. In 1 Corinthians 16, I'm going to try to wrap up here. I'm, it's a little different service. Every service is a little different. Uh, we were in the back. And let me say, we're, there's, we're going through a time. This is a testing. If you, if you, don't, if you didn't know, the Lord is often testing us. He's testing hearts. You see it all through the Old Testament, and you see it in the New Testament. There's a testing of our faith. It, it develops perseverance. It brings us into a place of maturity when we, when we test well. <laughs> the key is we need to test well. We need to set our eyes on Him. We need to stay in that place of, of humble before Him. It says when we humble ourselves, He's the one that actually lifts us up in the Kairos time, in those moments at his opportune time. Uh, let me just say that. I just want to stop there for a minute because I feel like sometimes we humble ourselves and then God doesn't lift us up in our timing. And so we say, okay, God, now I'm lifting myself up. And, uh, and I'd be very careful to lift ourselves up because his timing is not always our timing. Let me, let me rephrase that. His timing is never our timing. His, his ways are not our ways. We're talking about the God of the universe. We're so, our minds cannot comprehend what God understands. I, I love the words in, uh, in Job 38 when the discourse between Job, his friends, and then God intervenes. And in the first words God says there is, who is it that darkens my counsel? <laughs> I would not want to be that person. Let's not darken the Lord's counsel with our words and our thinking and our futile understanding. How do we get understanding? It's when we actually lay down our lives with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It says the Spirit reveals all things. This is the crazy part, is that we are clueless, we're idiots, we're, we're, we're nothing, but we actually get the Spirit of Christ on the inside of us. Spirit of Christ knows the deep thoughts of the Father, reveals all truth, empowers and strengthens us. So even in this life, 
So now just to switch gears a little bit here, there is a strengthening and there is an empowering that we have as, and, and it's just a deposit. It's like, if you, if you buy a house, the Myers just bought a house, by the way, whoo, in Castle Rock. When you buy a house, unless you have a lot of money, you don't typically pay for the entire house. You put a deposit down, right? Did you, put, did you buy the whole house? <laughs> you just put a deposit down. This is, what I feel, this is what the Lord is saying. He's like, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. You're only getting just a little bit of everything that you're going to get to experience. You have no idea what you're going to get to experience. You're getting a deposit. You're getting the 10%, whatever it is, the, that, that, that is being put down now for the things to come. But if we begin to step fully into that, then we get to walk a life that goes beyond our understanding. It's immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. But it's, it's not about the successes of this world. And the church has so tainted things, has spoken about how, how it's all about our, our life that we have on this earth and the things that we get to have and, and the, the successes of this, of, of this world and calling that like God's blessings in our life. I actually believe those are the things that actually remove us from the things of the Lord. You, you, look, at, you look throughout history, and every time that there's great like blessing, what does it do? It turns people from the Lord. Look at America, founded on the very principles of God, founded on God himself, one nation under God. Are we a nation under God? <laughs> Hardly. We've removed the Bible from schools. We've, we, we, we kill over you know, a million babies a year in this world, in this, in this nation. We're, we are not a nation under God. We need to be a nation under God. We need to shift things. And it's, it's only going to happen from surrendered lives that say, God... I give up everything I have. I'm going to surrender myself, be poured out. It's actually the, the very thing that's going to do it is love, his love. It's not, a, it's not a emotional, like I feel good love. It's, it actually can be a painful love. It's a, it's a surrendered love. It's a sacrificial love. It's... <laughs> It's this love. It's the love that if... Where is it? This is the love. It says God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent the one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Boom. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then He says, so dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. For no one has seen God, but if we love one another the same way that Christ loved us, God lives in us and his love is made perfect in us. His love is made complete in us. So if, if we want to change this world, it all starts with love. Outside of love, 1 Corinthians 13 says, if you have not love, you're nothing. Nothing. If you don't abide in him, if you don't abide in Christ, you're nothing. You have nothing. If he's not the foundation of everything that you have, everything that you live for, your day-to-day -day actions, if he's not the foundation of it all, it's worthless. Ecclesiastes talks about it. It says your life is meaningless. There's no meaning in your life. That's a horrible way to live life. 
Back to 1 Corinthians 16 says, so be on your guard. And I feel this is that testing. There is a be on your guard in this season. Don't, actually there's another scripture. I'm going to just tie this in. I'll jump back to it. This was spoken this morning in, in the prayer room. And it says, we must pay, I'm sorry, this is Hebrews 2, 1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. What you're hearing right now, pay attention. These are not just fun words. I'm not, I am not up here to like say, I, I, hope I, I hope this was a great message. I hope you guys thought I did a great job. I could care less. I really could. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to, to do, give you a feel-good message. I am here to speak truth, and it's the truth that's going to set us free. It's the truth that's going to bring, awaken the church. So my heart is that we awaken under the things of God. Let's, let's not live this life that we've been living. There is a shaking going on that God is doing right now. Let's actually see what he's doing. Uh, actually, I want to encourage you in these three things. I know I've got like three thoughts in my head now at the same time. But ask him what he's doing right now. Sometimes we, we think we know what the Lord is doing. And again, his ways are not our ways, but by his spirit, he will reveal truth. So ask him, why do we not ask him? Why do we try to figure it out? We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have this deposit. Listen to him. Speak to him. Let him speak to you. And let this be that motivation through faith. We're motivated by love. We actually, that's the expression that comes forth. Ask him what his part is. What is he doing? And then, and then the second question is, God, what's my part? I, I want to encourage you in this. As you leave this place today, ask God what he's doing right now. In the, whatever, wherever you are, what's he doing and what's my part? I feel like we're moving into a building phase. And as we're moving into this building phase, what he's doing, he's raising up the body of Christ. He's raising us up in this time. But he's raising up a holy people. He's raising up those that are, that are sold out to him, dedicated to him, living lives for him and him alone, not for the things of this world any longer. There's no, there's no do it both ways. You can't. But in that, Ask him what his part or what he's doing and then ask him what your part is. And when he tells you your part, don't go do it. <laughs> don't go and say, okay, I got it. Here I go. He says, abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So don't, don't walk ahead of him and go, okay, God, I got my part. Come on, let's do this. No, no, no. Be led by his spirit, which means get into a place of prayer. Seek him with all your heart. Get to know him and then walk in his ways. Walk in the very things that he would have you do it, the way that he would have you do it. Constantly, here's the thing, it's a constant surrender and a constant check. Uh, if, there's a pastor, Bill Johnson, and, I, and he talks about um, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. He, he has a great message on this, on this, the dove. And uh, it's this, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says, think of it like this. Think of it as like if you had a literal dove sitting on your shoulder right here, you would be aware of that dove, right? People would be like, what do you got on your shoulder there? <laughs> the, think of the Holy Spirit like that. that you're, what you're doing is you're always aware. Holy Spirit's right there. So you're not making quick motions. You're not making quick movements. Everything's intentional. You're moving like and knowing the Holy Spirit's right there. And in the same way, as we, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, it's that constant check with him. What, what's going on, Holy Spirit? Where do, where do I go now? What do I do now? How do I, how do I move? We live, Acts 17, 28 says, we live, we move, and we have our being in him by the Spirit outside of the Spirit, if we're not living by the Spirit, if we're not allowing Him to direct and to lead and to guide us, then we're outside of His, his plans. We're outside of His life. There's no life in that. 
So that, that scripture in, in Hebrews 2, it says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Which means that if we do not pay careful attention, there is a drifting. We will drift away. We will begin to just kind of get off track and, and slowly just, <laughs> if you've ever uh, been in, in, the, in any body of water and you pull up anchor, you drift, right? If you're not anchored, all of a sudden you're like way off course, way over, just bending on the, on the wind and the waves. He says, don't be tossed and turned by the waves. Our rooting and our grounding is truth, which is the faith that we have in Christ, and it's love. It's the very action of love, that we, the way that we live our lives, that laid down sacrificial love. So in 1 Corinthians 16, it says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be of courage and be strong. And it says this, do everything in love. Everything. Let me ask you, yesterday, who of you did everything in love? <laughs> I'm putting my hand down, by the way, because <laughs> my wife will tell me to put my hand down if I don't. <laughs> But that love comes from our faith. I was speaking to a group earlier this week, and, and I, I saw it like this. If, if you guys like uh, weapons, it's kind of like the gun is like your faith. It, you have to have that. That's, the, that's like your mechanism there. And the, and the love is like the ammunition in the gun. So you got to have both. There's an action step to it. If you're going to use a gun you got to have the bullets and the gun, right? You can't, you can't just take the bullets and like, chink, <laughs> it would not go well. <laughs> you, need, you need the gun for the action part of it. And then you fire the gun and the, with the bullets in it, and now the gun functions properly. In the same way, it's that it's faith expressing itself through love. It's the only thing that counts. That's it. So we're going to... We're going to go out uh, and in our faith, grounded in Him, that, that faith is the, that's the foundation, right? It's, he's the cornerstone. It's in Jesus. But now we're going to go out and we're going to love people. We're going to look at people. And here's the thing. I, I love what Heidi Baker says because sometimes we overcomplicate it. She just goes... Love the one in front of you. Whoever, whoever you see in front of you, it's like, well, how, who am I supposed to go? Just love the one in front of you. Just don't, it's not, it, don't go out and try to minister and try to make things happen. Just love and allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through you. And this isn't just a Sunday thing. This is an everyday thing. But I, I I want to be purposeful about it today as what we're doing is we're engaging in the very things that the Lord has for us. Like, we get to be a part of this. It's not a, oh, we have to do this. No, we get to be a part of the very thing that He tells us to do. This is our laid down lives for Him that we would say, yeah, well, I'll, be a, I'll be a drink offering. I'll pour my life out for others. I'll tell you, just I got this testimony that Andrew sent to me. And listen to this. This is really cool. So, think outside the box. And when I say think, I don't even don't think at all. <laughs> Allow the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom in what to do. But listen to this. This is a testimony. Uh, it's recently we heard from one of our uh, network or uh, leaders network couples in Mexico uh, that they're city had been paralyzed with fear because of the drug cartel, which was threatening businesses with extortion, violence, and murder. And a couple gathered 14 other churches together, and they began to pray for solutions. This is that, ask God what he's doing, 
and then ask him what your part is. Ask him for solutions. It says, the Lord told them. So here's the key. They didn't just go, hey, this is a good idea. The Lord told them to visit every business in their city to offer prayer and prophetic encouragement to business owners and declare scriptures of God's protection over them. And as they went from business to business, God's presence began to fall. And many business owners were touched powerfully. Some gave their lives to Jesus, and shortly after, the crime rate, the crime rate dropped by 50%. And the spirit of fear was removed from their city, and the crime rate, it continued to decrease so rapidly that local newspapers announced, quote, God is the supreme power over this city. They said even the New York Times and other major media outlets reported it on national news headlines. Here's the thing. <laughs> we serve a big God, right? He's not a little God that like, oh, he's going, I don't know how to do that. No, this is the God who holds the universe in his hand. So, so when we say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Allow him to be the one that then empowers you to do it. I, if it's something that you can do without him, it's probably not him telling you what to do. Let me say that again. If it's something that you can do without him, it's more than likely not something he's telling you to do. God doesn't, he doesn't say, well, you know, you're not that strong, you're not that smart. Why don't you just do this? That's about all you can do. No, he gives us immeasurably more than we can actually do on our own. And then he says, now you're going to be empowered by my spirit to do it. It's going to blow you away and go beyond anything you can do on your own. We're never meant to live on our own, not empowered by him, not, not connected to him, not abiding in him, not living in and through him. And his love is the thing that breaks down walls. We come in with love when other people come in with hate. We will break down walls. And we will reveal the very love and the glory of God to others. Will you guys stand up? Oh, we didn't do offering, did we? Lord, bless the offering. <laughs> um, there are buckets and things. Uh, so, Lord, I, I do. I just pray a blessing, Lord, over every person. Lord, as, as we give. <laughs> uh, Lord, may... May your glory come. I, I want to commission you guys. I'm going to commission you. I did this actually earlier this week, and I, I felt to do the same thing. I'm going to commission you in 1 Corinthians 13. So the first part says this. It says, so actually, just put your hands out. You're just going to receive, and then we're going to go. We're going to go with his love, in his love, sold out to him. It doesn't matter how foolish you are. It doesn't matter how stupid you look. It's not about you. Get over yourselves and allow him to actually move in and through you. Don't take the glory. I always say don't touch the glory. It's his glory. Give him the glory. We just play our part, and it's beautiful. It's amazing, and it'll blow your mind. It'll, it will blow your mind. I promise you. You let him move in and through you. You let him do the things that, that he wants to do. You lay down your life. He will blow your mind. It may not be the way you think he's going to blow your mind, but he will blow your mind. <laughs> and now I will show you the most excellent way. So if we speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but we do not have love, then we're only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If we have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if we have a faith that can move mountains, but we don't have love, we are nothing. If we give all we have, and if we give of our bodies, we deliver them up to be burned, but we do not have love, we gain nothing. That's a sad statement. So here. So through this love, as we lay down our lives, 
as we receive his love because he first loved us. I'm going to commission you now. I commission you in this, in this very love, in the love of the Father over us as his children, that we would be patient in all we do. We would operate with his love to have patience, that we would have kindness in every word that we say, that there would be no form of envy or boasting or pridefulness in our lives, that though we would rid ourselves of those things, that you, Holy Spirit, would rid us of those things by your love. It's that perfect love that casts out fear, casts out those things. It removes those things from our lives. It's not something that we have to force out. It's actually as we receive his love, it's light penetrates darkness. It removes darkness. It removes those things. So the, as we open up our hearts, as we rend our hearts before him, all that other stuff begins to get pushed out. His love overwhelms us. So Lord, I pray for that overwhelming love right now. In this love, I commission you not to dishonor one another, not to be self-seeking, and that this love would actually keep us from being easily angered or offended, that we would keep no record of wrong. <laughs> For in his love, we will no longer delight in evil, but we will rejoice in the truth, for it's the truth that sets us free. It's a truth that we get grounded in his love. So may this love, may this love that is now in us, may it never give up, may it never lose faith, may it always hope. May the love that's in us, may it endure through every circumstance that we face. In Jesus' name, amen.